Well, hello there. HW here. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven of the Tone Junkie podcast. Coming up today, a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek episode, why I hate the Kemper. That's right. Why I hate the Kemper. I love this thing. I hate this thing. I love it a whole lot more than I hate it. But I got to say, I got some real gripes about the Kemper. You're going to want to hear this because this is not like, I'm not talking about like, oh, it sounds too good. Oh, it's, it's too convenient. It's too easy. I don't mean those. I mean some real things that I wish those folks over in Germany would get their act together on. Some basic stuff that it's missing, that it doesn't have, that it seems like no one is doing uh, anything about. And uh, this is why I hate the Kemper. Three reasons I hate the Kemper. Let's get into it. Reason number one that I really, really, really hate the Kemper, although I really, 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 really love it. Um, no, the, the probably the thing that drives me nuts about the Kemper is whenever I'm looking in the reverbs, there's no spring. There's the matchbox spring, but whatever, that's not a spring reverb. There's no spring reverb, right? I mean, here I am with a YouTube channel, a, a podcast, uh, a website, uh, two websites, Profile Crate, one, a third one on the way that I'm not going to announce right now, but oh man, it's going to be incredible what we're doing next. Um, it's how am I doing all this and I'm so in love with this thing called a Kemper and we all are in love with this thing called a Kemper and they forgot to put a spring reverb in? What are they thinking? Like... What year is this? It's 2018 I'm recording this. There's no spring reverb in the Kemper. Now, I hope that won't last forever. But as of right now, your guess is as good as mine as to why they've never added it. Now, that's interesting. Consider that for a minute. They've added a lot of stuff to the Kemper. Uh, over the years, um, we've had updates so that we could do merge profiles, studio profile, uh, studio profiles were always there, but merge profiles, direct profiles. You know, a lot of people, maybe newer Kemper users, you don't know, before, um, you know, uh, software version 3.0 on the Kemper, you didn't have direct profiles. Um, that wasn't a thing. You just, you could make a direct profile, but the Kemper thought it was the full thing and it would assign something to the cabinet. Now... You, it doesn't assign something to the cabinet. It doesn't assign value there. You can still have it on, and then you can use the cabinet parameters, but you can't, you don't, there's nothing happening in the cabinet section. It's containing the entire direct profile in the amplifier and the EQ section. Okay, forget that. Back to spring reverbs. Your guess is as good as mine uh, as to why we do not yet have a spring reverb, but I'm going to take a stab at maybe why. One thing I've noticed is I have never experienced by turning on too many effects that somehow the Kemper runs out of memory. I haven't had that happen, which leads me to believe that, and because I think there are probably some pretty intelligent people who designed this box, whatever memory, uh, whatever RAM, whatever is being used to actually run this profile, um, I don't think that is the same memory as what's running the effects. Meaning, if, if it's on the same physical, uh, you know, it's at least somehow partitioned out. It's at least separated in that I don't think uh, that you can run so many effects that you somehow adversely affect the processing power that's required to run the profile. Nor do I really know how much processing power is designed to run the profile. I have no idea. But 
I have an experience that the effect somehow max out the unit. So that leads me to believe this. There's some amount of processing power for the effects. Now, I know from, from dealing with other reverbs and stuff, spring reverb is actually one of the hardest things to emulate, and it takes a lot of processing power. It's Spring reverb eats up a really convincing spring, spring reverb, eats up a ton of DSP in units. Um, I know that from uh, basically from learning about that from Source Audio and, and why they had to do what they had to do on the Ventress because basically I guess what a lot of people do is they build a reverb unit, they build a reverb pedal, and they build all these algorithms and Spring Reverb is always uh, on the back burner. It's always supposed to be like the least authentic thing in there because it, it's just you just have to understand they just don't run and there's just not enough processing power in there and the and the unit might be eating up processing power for other things right so that's why with the source audio ventress they finally took put a very convincing spring reverb now i don't have a ton of experience with like every digital spring reverb out there but the source audio ventress spring reverb sounds so convincing so incredible it sounds to me the closest that I've ever heard from a digital unit. It sounds killer. If you're not familiar with that pedal, we did uh, on the YouTube channel, what I'm just going to say is the best demo of the Source Audio Ventress uh, pedal on the on the internet. Uh, to me, it's hands down. Uh, we did that. I don't know. It just turned out well. We thought about what we wanted to do. We explained why it's different. We explained why it's important, why it's a great product. And the Suze is playing is incredible. He literally he's he's a tester for Source Audio, and so he uh, he he had just lived with these algorithms for months and months before the pedal came out in all sorts of beta testing. Okay, I know from talking to the Source Audio guys that that was the first pedal um, that you could even they even felt good about saying we believe this is a good spring reverb. Not just a thrown-in reverb. This is a really convincing spring reverb. And that's because it's literally two reverb pedals in one. And they have that there so that you, they can reserve literally all of the DSP from that chip just for the spring reverb. Because it's two pedals in one. Um, so let me jump back to here. I'm, I don't know how much DSP, how much processing power is built into the Kemper to run those other effects. Um, I do know that I really like the time-based effects. I like the reverbs that are in the Kemper. But to be honest with you, the fact that we don't have a spring reverb is absolutely insane to me because how can we dial in really authentic, you know, uh, types of sounds, uh, Fender amp sounds without that spring reverb? It's part of the sound, right? It's part of the sound. So I've even go so far as saying this. If someone said to me, um, well, I think the Helix does a better convincing um, American Fender sound or something because it has a spring reverb built in. I might go, hey, you know what? If, if we put a twin in the room and, and you put the reverb up on that twin and we get five people and say, which sounds more convincing, this Helix or this Kemper? You might be right. The Kemper might have a really hard time picking up because the ear is going to pick up all that spring reverb sound and it just it blends in with the sound. It becomes part of the tone of the amp and the Kemper just simply doesn't do it. It just simply does not do it. I know Dan Lombardi has tried a bunch. If you don't know, uh, Dan's a, uh, he's in some Tone Junkie videos and stuff. And uh, Dan's a great, great, incredible player. He's helped us dial in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Dan is basically a Tone Junkie. Uh, he's, he's like the fourth Tone Junkie, if you ask me. But um, 
Uh, you know, D Dan uh, has uh, d helped us dial in um, a bunch of effects that you see for free on the ToneJunkieStore.com uh, effects sort of database that's there. Uh, but what really uh, gets me is even even his best efforts, and I trust Dan to do a great job with it, but even his best efforts to me are, are not like the, of a super convincing spring. Right, it's a pro. It, it's getting to the spring sound, but it's not like close your eyes. That sounds like amp in the room, spring reverb. It just doesn't. And uh, and and I've watched him dial in some stuff. I've seen him do some real magic uh, with some effects and stuff. It was actually Dan Lombardi who called me one day and said, "HW, I think I know how to put modulated reverbs on the Kemper." And I said, "Oh, cool. Explain it." And then he explained it, and I thought I understood him. And then two days later, I'm in the shower. And I don't know if it was like my subconscious echoing back what he said, but I misunderstood him and then later felt like I'd come to the same conclusion. And then called him up and I said, Dan, I think we could do this. Is that what you were telling me earlier? And he was like, yeah, that was what I was trying to set you earlier. And I was like, okay, well, then I guess you thought of it. It, it, took, it, it literally took me two days to figure out <laughs> how to get the modulated reverb uh, into the Kemper by using the, uh, you know, by moving the position of the reverb. Anyway, I'm rambling about the Kemper. Um, spring reverb. It's why I hate the Kemper. We don't have it, and we should have it, and it's silly, and it's ridiculous. And can the folks at Kemper just get us a spring reverb, or at least an explanation of why? Uh, but honestly, I don't think, with the, with the amount of communication we get from Kemper, I'm just not sure that they would really say that, if that is the reason that I proposed, um, that maybe there's not enough DSP to do a really convincing version of one. Um, or maybe the answer is just this simple. In metal, they don't use spring reverb, and that seems to be where a lot of people's heads are at over there. Number two might really hit home with those of us who try to use the Kemper as an all-in-one unit. Um, but it's the lack of a clon. It's the lack of a clon or a clone pedal um, that I think is, is, is kind of like something that should be there. And really, in a wider scope, it's the lack of certain types of overdrives that I wish were there. I think it's in the spirit of the Kemper to want all of the sounds, right? I mean, I think the, the, the premise of the Kemper, right, it might have started out as you can have your amp at your, at your fingertips without carrying your amp out. It might have started as have a great amp you love at home, profile it and bring it with you. It may have started out as that, but I think it's fairly obvious that at this point, a lot of us who play the Kemper also sort of want all the sounds, right? We want all of the tones. I know for me as a tone junkie, I want all of the sounds. I want all of the tones. And I sort of, I mean, that's one of the drives that I really have to keep doing profiles, to keep finding um, amps. You know, I'll give you an example. I, when I put out a pack like the Card Scrambler, Card Scrambler. I thought it was a funny name. I was surprised how many people had never heard of the Car Rambler. At the time I'm recording this video, too, um, I'm going to release tomorrow um, the Spanky Chimey Pack. Spanky Chimey Pack. And it's based on the Third Power Wooly Coats Extra Spanky and the Third Power Wooly Coats Extra Chimey. Spanky Chimey Pack. I'm surprised how many people don't know, haven't heard of that amp. Uh, not only do they not know what the pack's referring to, which might tell me that I'm not as good at naming these things as I think I am, but they also, sometimes when I tell them, they, they haven't heard of these amps. So 
it, it, that drive to have everything is what keeps me searching for these sort of obscure amps. I don't even say obscure, just very boutique, you know, kind of amps that maybe have a very specific tone or do something very well or very, just very niche. But I think it's in the spirit of the Kemper to want it all because it's, it's within the capability of the Kemper to give it all, right? It's okay to want it all. And the Kemper gives it all to. That's why we love the Kemper. But I hate the Kemper because I can't have a Klon. And so, hey, I mean, that's fine with me. I'm HW, right? I am, am, am one of the guys in the studio making profiles and trying to provide them to other people. But maybe you want a Klon and you don't have those versions of a Klon. You don't have those profiles of a Klon. Now, I've, I've tried to provide a ton and all the plus profiles in a Tone Junkie uh, pack um, on any of the packs that have a plus uh, denote that a, a, a Klon type circuit was used pushing the amp. But I think a Klon and in a more general sense, um, a Bluesbreaker style overdrive would be incredible to have. Um, why don't we have something called like um, the King? And why isn't that a King of Tone kind of circuit that, that they've put in the Kemper? Meaning we can't just get an engineer. Like, can't we just get another engineer over at Kemper who can give us some more overdrives? Uh, can't we get an engineer over at Kemper who can maybe give us something like the Horizon overdrive for the really for the heavier guys? Um, can we get more than one type of like of uh, trouble booster? Like there's been more than one trouble booster in the world. Could we get other ones? Um, could we get cabot? Could we get uh, just different types of compressors? Right. I mean, we have some, and I think they're great, but um, we don't have everything. And so, I, I really, th on the one hand, we get like a big release, like the new Kemper Delay pack, and it just has me scratching my head, going, "Well, if the capability's there, how come we're not getting more out of it? Right? Like, it, oh, you have more delays. Well." Um, okay, that's great. C can you give us maybe more more tremolos? C could we get more choruses? Uh, could we get trem delay? Could we get um, like what? Where's the modulated reverbs? I I've had to show people online that there's a backdoor way to get modulated reverbs. There's like a Kemper hack to get modulated reverbs. Kemper hack. I like that. I'm gonna have to write that down and coin that. I'm going to start using that Kemper hack. You heard it here first on episode seven of the Tone Junkie uh, podcast. Kemper hack. I like that. Hashtag Kemper hack. Huh. That has a good ring to it. Okay. Uh, back to the topic. Uh, modulated reverbs. You know, it, it's only the fact that the delay and reverb uh, blocks give us a one parameter that, that lets us uh, basically change the position of the delay block, which I explain in the modulated reverb video up on the YouTube channel right now. Um, it's a workaround. It's only that we're, they gave us the ability to put the reverb and delay in parallel and send the dry signal around the delay and put the delay block only on the reverb that we're, we then ignore that it says delay on the front of the Kemper, put in modulation, and then we treat that as a modulated reverb. I don't mind having little workarounds like that. What gets me though is I'm like, okay, you put out this big delay pack what what are, like what what kind of support are you giving the community if we can't get more things redone like the delay pack was great can we get more reverbs can you sit down with a big sky and try to really copy the cloud algo or 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 is it up to us to pair it with a crystal delay and try to get at it that way now 
Is that the intent of Kemper? Is Kemper's intent to say, here's a crystal delay, and it's really our intent that you use this and the delay reverb balance uh, uh, parameter to go into a reverb um, algorithm in the reverb block, and then from there, get your get your you know big sky style sounds. I don't know because they don't say that because they don't really say what's going on uh, with the effects and stuff, which which kind of maybe is at the center of this critique uh, uh, of this whole podcast is that the communication is not very good. And they make such an incredible product. Um, but I, I just wish there was more being said about what we're supposed to be doing with this or what their vision of it is. They've, they've made, in my opinion, the best thing on the market as a direct solution, as a, as a solution that can sound like any amp, as a solution that gives you tone. I don't think there's better out there. But it leaves us in the dark, right? It leaves us totally in the dark of like, well, are we ever going to get more reverbs? Um, I don't think so. I, you know, there's people out there right now talking about, well, I'm not going to buy a Kemper because Kemper 2 might come out. I know I know that's not happening. They're, they ain't announcing a Kemper 2 anytime soon. Nope, not happening. Ain't no Kemper 2 in the works. They're not changing this technology. I got a future podcast uh, coming up uh, in a couple episodes uh, called If I Owned Kemper, uh, all the things I would do for it, all the things I would do to help the community, all the things I would do to help this piece of hardware, um, all the things I think they could do that really easily would just make this an incredible unit. And no, I don't mean add a load box in the back or all these ridiculous ideas that people come up with. I mean simple stuff that actually would help you use it more, help you use it better. Anyway, there are a plethora of overdrives uh, that we're just missing. Now, H now you might be thinking, HW, come on. The, the beauty of the Kemper is it can sound like any amplifier. So what are you sitting here wishing you had, you know, more, uh, more, uh, more overdrives? Like you have all of the overdrive tone of amps and, and amp overdrives better than transistor overdrive and all this stuff. Well, that's true, but because of the limitations of a tube amp, which goes back to my previous things, why this thing's better than a tube amp, but that's a, that's a previous episode. Because of the limitations of a tube amp, we've been relying on pedals to give us different sounds, um, and we run those pedals in the front of our amps. Well, because of that, um, we've become used to that sound, and there are certain sounds of a blues breaker style overdrive, of a clon. There's a sound of a tube screamer. Those things are not really, you can't really get that with an amp. Um, there's a level of compression that, that pedals have that we really like. Um, there's also something really great that happens with something like a JHS Superbolt, right? A version of a Tube Screamer that's just dialed in differently that you then use and it's a nice just magically sort of melds together with amps. I think some of the best profiles with pedals we ever put out was in the, the, T, the Two Stone TS1 pack. The Sparkle uh, Drive profiles in the Two Stone TS1 pack uh, is just... Oh, they sound so good. It sounds like just, it doesn't sound like you put a pedal on, you know, like you change the sound of an amp. It, 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 it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like you just change the amp a little bit. Somehow it's so still amp-like and full. It sounds like maybe there was a parameter on that amp that I started changing or, or that that amp is just voiced to do that. But uh, reason number two, like I said, it's just, can we get some more overdrives? I think there's stuff that is just essential for the lexicon of effects for the guitar world and I just wish that they would be included as reason number two 
Okay, reason number three. I hate the Kemper. I can't even say it again. I don't hate the Kemper. I love it. I love the Kemper. But I'm too deep in this podcast to change the title now. I'd have to retype it like three or four times, and I'm just not going to do that. The reason number three, and this is a real gripe. This is a real reason. It's been asked for by the community a bunch of times. And I really think that if Kemper did it and marketed it well, it would be um, a great way to push uh, more sales uh, although I think from the attitude I see from from the people at Kemper, I don't know that they feel like they need more sales. I think they feel like they have enough sales. So, um, hey, whatever. must be nice. Um, I'm not bitter about it. I love how many people are adopting the Kemper, um, and I hope they discover Tone Junkie and Tone Junkie profiles and stuff. But, um, you know, I just wish we could get a little more support as a community um, on issues like this. It's the editor. We don't have an editor. I know you're going to say, toast me, the HW, there is an editor. No, 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 no. I'm talking about one central piece of software that is Rig Manager, that has everything Rig Manager has, plus uh, expanded capability. Um, Oh, I'm distracted right now because there's a little bunny rabbit hopping around outside my office right now. It's just hopping. I love spring for this reason. New, uh, New life. Maybe new Kemper reverbs at NAMM. I'm not sure. Did you hear that rumor from me? Oops. You didn't hear it from HW. Okay, I'm going to stop looking at this rabbit. I'm going to turn around and keep doing this podcast. Um, No, we need an editor. We literally, like, we really need an editor. We need a central piece of software. Right now, see, sometimes I get this, I get this impression from Kemper that, well, we designed this to be a professional piece of gear for the studio. And sometimes I feel like they write off things from the community, right? Like, well, no, it's designed to be this and that's, you know, that feature wouldn't be useful for professionals or people in the studio. You know, I one time shared a a video on the Kemper forum and one of the engineers at Kemper kind of, he didn't really like the way I was portraying the gain control because I was pointing out that if you have a very clean profile, if you, if you profile it very clean and you turn the gain all the way up, I was pointing out it's not like a modeler. You'll get this weird, terrible distortion. And he was saying like you're you're doing it. You're presenting this in a negative light. Um, you know, if you profile it and it's in the middle, now you have the sweet spot of the breakup of the amp, and you can increase that or decrease that. Um, I, I that's true. I and I'm I, I'm not saying anything against Kemper or him. Um, that is true. I was merely trying to instruct people and show them. Because uh, I think a lot of people pick up the Kemper and wonder why it doesn't behave like a monitor and then say this thing sucks. I had a twin reverb, and when I increased the gain, it sounded like, you know, trash. It's like, well, of course it sounded like trash, because if you think about what you're doing, you're, you're, you're doing something that doesn't make sense. Um, but anyway, uh, it, no, it needs an editor, and, and, and this is what I would say to that. If it's a professional piece of gear, what professional solution for the studio doesn't have a piece of software for it right now. Axe does, Bias does, Helix does. The Aux Amp Top Box is a really good example of a piece of gear that has software that gives you an expanded uh, menu of controls, right? It gives you visuals, it gives you another way to interact with the controls that are, but you don't need the software, it's already available on the front. So I totally understand if Kemper's thing is like, well, we don't, we're not trying to make a piece of, you know, software that you just need a giant hardware key to run, right? The Kemper is not a giant dongle um, to just run the software. This is the unit itself. I get that, but there are so many parameters right now that are hidden behind soft switches that when you're sitting here, you have to hold the soft switch, look down and see. And if we're being honest, the Kemper doesn't have the best screen in the business. It's not the best UI in the business. 
I think it's simple. It's well laid out. Um, but it's not, it's not intuitive, right? It, it's not intuitive to think if I, it, there's a button that if I click it, it turns it off. But if I hold it down, it gives me more menus. That's not intuitive. Um, uh, it, it's not bad. It's not counterintuitive. But it's it's not intuitive, right? You you wouldn't you'd have a hard time figuring that out by yourself. You need someone to show you. You need to a book to read. You need something like that. So I think that a piece of software could greatly aid Kemper users when you're sitting there in the studio. If it is for studio people, if it is for professional recording musicians, and, and where you could see an expanded group of uh, of of parameters, right? Just the other day. Um, uh, a, a person uh, online put up a, a picture of them in this in this Kemper in a studio with a Kemper, and you know the guitars on the floor. They had just finished tracking some stuff, and uh, I didn't want to name drop. It's Brian Carl from Passion. I wasn't trying to name drop it, but I also now I feel like enough people are going to know who I'm talking about um, because they saw the same post I did. Um, but no, it's like it was clear that he was doing some engineering right after he, he put his guitar down, right? And how true is that, that right now with the way music's being recorded, so many of us are recording parts and then fixing the track, right? We're, we're not, it's not, gone are the days of the LA studio guys and the Nashville studio guys that just show up, play a part, and separate engineers are doing everything. No, a lot of these guys are showing up now. They're, they're producing stuff, right? They are, they're the players and the producers. I don't know one like really incredible, serious Nashville guitar player that has been doing it forever that hasn't also done production. I know some younger guys who haven't started production yet, but they've produced their own stuff, like they've done some of their own things. So there's no reason not to have a software editor. And I don't believe any of this bullcrap about, uh, you know, well, everyone just has a Kemper and they love it and stuff. And and I don't think that's what 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 Christoph was trying to portray anyway at Nam. I think a lot of people gave him a hard time as though he was saying everything is perfect with the Kemper. Everybody loves it. I don't think he was saying that. I think he was just saying – I think he's just being the CEO of the company and there wasn't anything to announce that day. And so he's not going to say, well, there's so many things we need to do for this product but it's not ready yet because that's not true either. It's an incredible product, right? So – I think it was taken way out of context. I am really encouraged about something, though. And uh, we're going to finish this off with why, what I'm really excited for, for the future of the Kemper. And so those are my three reasons why I hate the Kemper. But let's end this on a positive note because I love the Kemper, okay? Okay, and to end on a positive note because I'm, I'm such a huge Kemper fan. I actually love the thing and uh, it's a total tongue-in-cheek title and whatever. Um, things I'm really excited for. I'm excited for the future of Kemper because I still see more people coming on the Kemper team. I see more people coming into the Kemperverse, and I love them. I love it. I love people discovering Tone Junkie profiles and and everybody in the Kemper world. Um, and it's and it's an incredible great time. I love. I, I personally have shown it to so many people around Nashville, and then they go get it. Um, and I know so many more people who are like. I'm going to get one of those. You know, it's like they don't realize how uh, good it is to have one. They don't realize how much they're not going to miss miking up their amp to do little demo stuff in their house um, for, for like production and demo work that they're doing. They don't realize how much once they stop doing that and they just start using the Kemper, how they're never going to go back to miking up an AC30 uh, just for a, like a demo again. Uh, but anyway, I digress. Um, what I love about the Kemper, I, I still think it's the best piece of hardware out there. 
uh, for a direct solution. I still think it's incredible. Um, it is incredible. I still think it sounds better than everything else out there. That's just my opinion. Um, I've been able to get better out of the Kemper than I've been able to get out of other stuff. Uh, like I've said before, though, can you tell in a mix? No. Can you, you know, are some of these other solutions great? Yeah, I think they are. Um, but all that to say, I'm excited for uh, Kemper 2. And I don't know when that's going to happen, if it'll ever happen, but I'm going to make this bet. I'm going to bet that we don't change the technology with Kemper 2. I'm going to say that I don't think we're going to change technology because I think Kemper has invested so much in the community. And the whole idea, you got to understand this, behind having a profiler in every unit, right? There's a reason they haven't released a box yet um, that doesn't profile. Why is that? Because they want to put profilers in everyone's hands because if you put it in everyone's hands, more people are going to profile. What if what if HW had never bought the profiling unit? I only bought the regular unit because I thought, well, I'm just a player. I'm not going to make profiles. I never would have had it right here, and I never would have thought, oh, I'm going to try making some profiles. And then a bunch of people never would have bought them, and then I never would have thought, wow, people really like my profiles. I should make a lot more. That's what happened. So... Um, good move on them to put the profiler in every single unit, the profile capability. Good move on them to put uh, the perform uh, function in every uh, uh, in every unit, uh, so that people didn't just try to get a scaled down version and not not because then we wouldn't see as many people using this as an all in one unit. People would be like, oh, I don't, I just want it for my pedal board. I don't want to switch amps, and they never would discover the, the the beauty of that. I hope that one day we get a Kemper that is. Um, that can run two profiles at once, and I hope it just has enough memory to do that. I hope it's like basically two Kempers in one box, you know, and I hope uh, that that happens soon because I'd love to be able to do that. Now, the, the trouble there is some phasing trouble, so we'd need just a way to, um, to uh, either flip the phase or really switch the phase, you know, every degree uh, of 180, uh, which wouldn't be too hard. It really would not be too hard because you're basically, you're just adding latency, um, yeah, you'd just be adding latency. That could be auto-sensing. Um, it could auto-sensing, uh, like through auto-sensing, take away the latency, or it could just be manual or both. It could be auto-sensing and then still give you an adjustment because um, maybe you wanted some weird phasing. That could be a cool effect or something. I don't know. But um, that's what I'm excited for. I'll tell you one more thing I'm excited for. HW is going to NAM, And not only is HW going to NAM. Uh, the first place I'm going when I get in those doors on day number one, going to Nam, I'm going straight to the Kemper booth to see what they're they're talking about, because they showed the only thing they showed last time was the white rack, the Kemper, the white face on the rack, and I think that's really cool. But I'm really hoping they have some new reverbs. I'm really hoping they have some new overdrives. Maybe they have a new Kemper two with a brand new piece of technology. I have no idea, but I. I hope it's reverbs. Oh, I hope it's reverbs. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been HW. Thank you so much for listening to episode seven. My musings on why I hate the Kemper, but who am I fooling? I love this thing. Kemper for life, y'all. HW out.